Hey everybody, welcome back to Five Songs or Less. Today, I will be punishing Dante with Propagandy, one of my all-time favorite bands. Hey Dante, how's it going? Hey Danny, oh, things are alright, uh, aside from all of the private stuff I shared with you before we started recording. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, you're going to have to uh, see if you can get that put back on, buddy. <laughs> um... Th- things are things are fine. I we mm-hmm. both listen to a lot of podcasts and I I get really tired of especially when it's celebrities they're going, "You know, things are fine. I'm doing fine all things considering." And it's like we've been listening to people say that for so long, it's a little grating almost at this point. Like yeah. I I know what everyone means. They don't want to say like things are great and they don't want to complain you know, for 15 minutes, but just the whole, like, we're doing our best that, (laughs) like, I don't know, just get to the episode. So maybe that's what we should do. But, um, I will say that, uh, it's snowing here where I'm at. And so I am excited about that. I'm very much a fan of winter. Um, and so I like, I like recording in a hoodie Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even have the hood on, headphones over the hood today, <laughs> some some warm coffee. So as far as all that stuff goes, like I'm I'm in my elements. Um, so yeah, for for all that, I am grateful for everything else. I am ungrateful. <laughs> so how are you? Well, that, uh, that's great. I'm doing just fine. You know, it's it's Saturday. Wife is at work. Kids are fending for themselves out there. You know, I threw some some scraps of food on the ground and gave them some weapons. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You, you got to figure out which one's the stronger one. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty good. I've just been listening to the bands we're going to talk about today. Yep. Little little behind the curtains here. We're going to record two episodes today. Yeah. Most likely, unless something crazy happens. Hey. Yes. Did, did uh this is more non non music talk. This is embarrassing what I'm about to say, but okay. I have already watched the new Borat film. <laughs> I, I'm guessing you have not yet. We've not. Okay. Um, I'm sure we will. Okay. We watched a uh, uh, really awful. Well, I don't know. It's not awful. It's just not. Uh, Amanda described it as fluff. Um, Emily in Paris. On a, on Netflix, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know, it's like an MTV show about a girl in Paris. I don't know, it's all right. Okay, uh, we watched we like binge through that over the past couple of days, and we've also been watching uh, Golden Girls. <laughs> you know, I've never seen an episode of that show, and all I hear is that it's just like nonstop jokes, and it seems like oh, something I would like. Oh, it's really good. If you have Hulu, it's on it's on Hulu. I got rid of Hulu because I switched from Hulu Live TV to YouTube TV. And so I what? I didn't need both. Oh, live TV? Why do you have live TV, Grandma? <laughs> because there are some events, Danny, that I like to watch live. Oh. Oh right. Sports. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, well, you know, if you ever get Hulu again, Golden Girls is on there. Okay. 
When you eventually watch the new Borat film, who will you watch that with? My wife. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we can talk about that. I'm not going to do a Borat impersonation. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about propaganda. Okay, you, and you put, oh, you don't play a song there, do you? No, I don't play a song there. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely staying in. Super. So, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the name, because that is a point of contention for a lot of people. So when I first heard this band and saw their name, I immediately said Propagandy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And I've stuck with it. And I talked to people not long after first hearing them. In the mid '90s, and heard them say "propagandi," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess it kind of it does have Gandhi at the end." I'm gonna continue to say "propagandi." The band says "propagandi," but as you pointed out, they're super Canadian, <laughs> so maybe that's why they say it "propagandi" instead of "propagandi." Well, my my guess was that "propagandi" is correct because that's how you would say "propaganda." Yeah. And so, so I, I assume that's why it's the correct pronunciation. I think saying Gandhi sounds stupid. <laughs> like I, <laughs> it does. It's, it really does. It's the same person who would say, "You know who I don't like? I don't like Gandhi. I don't like them Italians." It's like it has that same like not inherently racist, but probably racist like pronunciation. Yeah, low key racist for sure. Um, now, obviously, that's not what the band was going no, for. But definitely I, not. I just think Gandhi sounds silly. And also, I don't. So do you know? OK, why are they called propaganda? I have no idea. So if it's I would assume they are purposefully putting in the name Gandhi into mm-hmm. their band name. How did propaganda get there? Oh, here's an angel fire page. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me log into Alta Vista, see if I can help. <laughs> Where did you come up with the name? We were 16. Seemed good at the time. Yeah, sure. And then, yeah. okay, so I think that's it. Oh, wh- hold on. What does the name mean? Nothing anymore. The meaning of name has been lost through time. Some sort of double entendre kind of deal. It, was un- it is an unfor- unfortunate identifier now. Sure. So they feel about their name like how most bands who get to year 30 feel about their band name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dante, um, we have bonded over a lot of different types of music over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never talked about punk rock. Yeah, that's it's always kind of been your your corner mm-hmm. a little bit uh, or a lot bit, really. And I kind of figured that is why you chose to punish me with this band was <laughs> like this is is this the third band you gave me right wilco yes. waxwing propaganda like mm-hmm. you went from zero to 60 pretty quick here uh, yeah with the mm, i almost want to say it was kind of a challenge like hey let's see let's see what this podcast can do <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what was that your thinking behind this not necessarily and uh, and i had um it took me a minute to kind of decide, okay, I'm going with propaganda this. God damn it. Now I'm saying it the right, maybe right way. Propaganda. This podcast has already done good. Awesome. Yeah. It took me a minute to, to, to kind of decide because, 
you know, we've never really talked punk rock before. I don't know what you're into as far as that is concerned. Um, and they're also an extremely political band. And do we want to get into politics on this podcast? Blah, 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 blah. But they're one of my all-time favorite bands. I absolutely love them. And they have some amazing guitar parts, some great songs. Their lyrics, even though Dante doesn't care about lyrics, their lyrics are uh, just fucking amazing. So I figured, you know, why not dive in? And then uh, maybe I'll give you a, 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 a softball. <laughs> next time okay uh-huh great sports analogy thanks for keeping me engaged i was you were losing <laughs> me there for a second um so i will say it's been almost two weeks since you gave me this band mm-hmm. and i gotta be honest when you did i was just kind of like okay <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> well I guess this is what I agreed to do because I came in with because I am not a I'm not a punk guy. I'm just uh-huh. not. Um I I never really there was sometimes in my life where I tried to get into it and I and I know now I got I was trying to get into it in the wrong ways. Um and and I'll, I'll name some bands that you might not even know of and if you do you're going to be like, "Oof, what were you doing?" Oh, I want to know, buddy. Sure. And then, so I, I've tried to get into punk or what, what I thought was punk and didn't really stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did try to get into it, it was probably because like, uh, like I would like to be this type of person or I would like to fit into <laughs> this type of aesthetic. Like shit you do between like, you know, 15 and 31. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like probably like... 15 to like early, like early 20s, maybe like yeah, 20, yeah. I would probably say. Um, Absolutely. And and so, yeah, so this was a bit daunting. And I I kind of put off listening to this stuff for for a few days after we were last recorded and you gave me you gave me them. Um, and then I was like, well, shit, let's like homework. I have to do this. And then I listened to the playlist like a couple times in a day. And I was like, oh, man, like. I don't know. And then, like everything, the more you mm-hmm. do something, the easier it gets. The, the <laughs> And obviously, like, music is a little different, but, um, and, and maybe I don't want to talk too general right now because we can talk about it song by song, but mm-hmm. I will just say, in general, the more I listened to this, the more I realized my preconceived notions were not fair. They weren't accurate. Mm-hmm. And the more I got comfortable with the band, the more I was able to extract and appreciate uh, and understand in each song. And I think with this band, like I do want to talk about each song, obviously, but I feel like this is a band that is much more than the sum of its songs Mm -hmm. um, because they, they stand for, you know, so much and because they've meant so much to you. Mm -hmm. I, I almost kind of want you to continue to punish me with them this episode and, and kind of educate me in a way because I'm getting like, I'll say about a song. Ooh, I really liked this. I don't really know what it was about. And I, uh, <laughs> I don't understand what this is and blah, blah, blah. Um, but so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of here. I'm 
interested to hear more about them from your perspective and for you to take my very entry-level understanding of what I've been listening to the past week and uh, you tell me why this is good punk, which I already, <laughs> uh, I'll let you know before we even get into the songs, I already am at that point where I can I can see why this is good punk uh-huh. and it is not the street dogs. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember I that, why band? that i don't know why that made me laugh so much <laughs> because that is i do be- remember the street dogs i'm i'm not a big fan of street punk personally uh, i like rancid but that's that's kind of where that ends yeah well and see and so i i feel like now looking back street dogs is the perfect in between of you kind of want to dip your toe into mm-hmm. real punk but not like you don't want to dive in. You do, it's not like <laughs> I'm embarrassed is what I'm trying to say. Like for so I think I had a friend, uh, my, my buddy Sam, who was like much more into punk than I was. And like we were talking a lot about music and like we were becoming better friends at this time that the Street Dogs happened to be a band and put out what I think was their only album. I, I don't know. I never <laughs> went back to check. Um, no, they have quite a few. Oh, do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I kind of thought they were like a one-off, like super group type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that was definitely an album where I was like, I want to like this. I th- I want this to be <laughs> like my identity. And it was just like mm-hmm. my soul just kind of rejected it. But but yeah, what were you saying about that as an entry point? I mean, that's definitely not where I expected you to go as far as like um, these were the punk bands that I tried you know, trying to get into punk or whatever, I figured we would be talking about like good Charlotte or, or something like that, where that's like super, super entry level mall punk or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that kind of is a gateway for a lot of people. Sure. Um, the early punk bands I got into at the time were sort of basically mall punk. I mean, uh, rancid offspring green day, like those epitaph type bands were, uh, basically mall punk at that time for kids in junior high. Right. I will say the first, like, I think the first band I ever loved was Green Day, like, in mm-hmm. 90, like, yeah, I mean, Dookie. Like, I was yeah six when that came out, but it was, like, on the radio <laughs> oh, all the God. time. And I'm not, yeah, I, I, I get it. I'm younger I, than you. I know. I forget, though. And then... One of the first albums I ever got for Christmas was Insomniac. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, so I was listening to Dookie and Insomniac a lot as like a, you know, nine-year-old or whatever. And then I remember asking my mom, is it in Longview when he says, when masturbating's lost its fun? <laughs> and yes, I didn't, yes. I didn't even know what that word was. And I'm pretty yeah. sure like a badly written sitcom, I asked what it meant to be a, to, to like master paint. I'm pretty sure I asked my mom that, and she was like, don't worry about it, just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But yeah, so um, as far as punk bands go, I could definitely see how, if you had no idea who Propagandy was, uh, and just kind of, and not really having much of a history with punk rock, um, and kind of having kind of preconceived notions of what punk is 
if you knew about Fat Records, which was their label that they were on for quite a few years, uh, and NoFX, and the other bands that were on Fat, you kind of have an assumption of what they might sound like. Kind of that poppy skate punk with stupid lyrics. Uh, I mean, not all fat bands are like that. Not all songs by the bands that do have those types of, like, not all NoFX songs are have stupid lyrics and are jokes. Uh, just like, you know, Blink-182 as well. So I could see how you would have that reaction, not having much history with punk rock and stuff like that. Like, oh, fuck, I got to listen to this this band. So, um, yeah. but luckily, I was ignorant to all of that that you just <laughs> said. So I had none of those preconceived notions. Mm. My preconceived notions were, this is going to be like super aggressive, atonal, like chaotic punk. Hmm. Which kind of, but at times, but sure. not not in all the like not in all the negative ways I feared. But yeah, so th- so that was my that was like my intimidation was this is going to be like bash you over the head, uh-huh. um, like hardcore, like nonstop, no nuance, just like aggro, aggro, aggro. Oh, I can't but wait also, to give you a band like that. <laughs> oh, great. But also <laughs> like in in like quotation marks, important. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's kind yes. of what I thought about propaganda. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So last time we recorded, when we, when we recorded the Trail of Dead mm-hmm. episode, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was you or I, but thinking it might be me, I moved from my bedroom to my living room to be closer to the router, thinking that might help the Wi-Fi issues we were having. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've left some doors open so it doesn't clog up the internet <laughs> airways. Um and I, I'm back at my desk, you know, kind of right in, like right in front of my window looking outside. And mm. I don't think I've said this on the podcast yet, but I'm going to give a little bit about my career right now and what I do for a living. I just got to say, I'm happy to be back into my dear coach's corner. That was sickening last week, by the way. What? Uh, that's what is going on junk. with you here? No, it's not. What is this stuff on here? We're hockey night in Canada and we're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. Well, that's the whole idea behind December the 25th. Let's talk about some good guys. Okay. Let's talk about the troops. Yeah, thanks. I like it. Um, so I purposefully put this song first because it's it's a great fucking song, but it's a sports song, and Dante's a sports guy. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is me. Big so I figured I'd, I'd put that one up front. Something you something you know. I don't know how big of a hockey guy you are. I do like hockey, and I do know who Ron McLean is. <laughs> oh, and so let me you know, tell you, Don Cherry also. I do know. Yeah, I mean, Don Cherry is, like, so infamous. 
Um, For being an asshole, yeah. Just one of my hero. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, Don Cherry is just just disgusting, just awful. Yeah. But I got to say, like, this was such fucking pandering on your part. (laughs) Like, if I had a song, if I gave you a song called, like, um, like Chewbacca's Corner, you'd be like, give me a fucking break. Like, you would not be stoked. Like, oh, good, it's for me. Like, um, I would, I don't, I don't know, man, I'd probably be stoked on that, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Okay, well, I don't, okay. Um, but okay, so f- first listen, very first time I listen to this song, um, starts off very soft, but the first Are you lyric, talking about the like, the like, sample thingy at the beginning or the fucking insane solo oh no no, no the, the the like sample thing where it's just like the yeah like them talking <laughs> yeah where it's like it's just the clip from coach's corner yeah but when he says dear ron like but no sorry when the lyrics start okay the the music is mellow yeah it's um, it's it's very uh kind of quiet they turn off the distortion a bit and and yeah they've got some dynamics they do um and the the first lyrics, dear Ron McLean, like I think I like blurt laughed the first time I heard it because it's just like knowing who Ron McLean is, but also knowing it's like he is by no means a known um, sports figure in America. Yes, I mean, like yes, by probably by diehard hockey fans, but even uh-huh. casual hockey fans wouldn't know Ron McLean. Um, and so to start, to start a song like that is basically just like starting a song like, Hey, you know, you know, just so you know, like we're a bunch of like good old Canadian boy thing, and, uh, and here we go with our song. And it was just like, yep. Like I was so endeared right away that awesome. like, that's going to be their, like, here's how we're going to get our, our fans into this song. Um, well, it was, it was very, very funny. It, if it could have been cringy if I didn't like love the specific reference and everything it uh-huh. kind of meant to me. Uh-huh. Um, I have a big, big Canadian fetish. So <laughs> this, you unknowingly played right into that. Nice, nice. Well, Propaganda is the perfect band for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after that, the, the kind of... Um, the structure of the song, like being this open letter, right, to, mm-hmm. to Coach's Corner, mm-hmm. it becomes abundantly clear immediately that, like I said, this band and the lyrics are capital I important. <laughs> and I, so I just figure at the end of this episode, even though every single episode, I'm like, when I listen to music, uh, the lyrics aren't that important to me. They, yes, there's good and there's bad, but it doesn't really change my enjoyment of the song. Mm-hmm. I've said that every single episode. And so I'm pretty sure at the end of this one, you're going to be like, and next week I am punishing you with a, um, like spoken word poetry <laughs> or something. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So, next, next it's going to be uh, Saul Williams. We're going to do some spoken word, slam poetry mixed with hip hop. Uh, it's love it. I, I do want to do an episode on him. Eventually. So, okay. So besides the, the like cute, oh, this is, this is kind of about sports. Like what was there any like musical reason you picked this song for me? 
Um, <clears throat> no, uh, mainly because I, I really like the song. If you look at their top songs on on uh, Apple Music, it's in number four, the top four. Uh, it's just a great song. It's got a good message behind it. I wouldn't know. You would. <laughs> Honestly, this is my failing with this band. Mm-hmm. I know the lyrics are not offensive. That is as much as I need to know. The fact that they they are outspoken and they mean a lot to a lot of people and they have helped people form what I believe to be healthy and progressive and needed political beliefs. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That is great. I don't need to read the lyrics. <laughs> but you should. Yeah. There's a lot of things I should do, man. And, and one of those things we're actually going to talk about. But um, so like there is lyrics that stick out to me mm-hmm. in these songs. Okay. The totality of the, the song meaning uh, it's anybody's guess. Okay. Okay. I've got I've got a quick thing, subject line for each each song so we can I can tell you and then maybe we'll talk about okay. it. Maybe we won't. Um, <clears throat> this one is uh, a lot of it has to do with forced or manufactured patriotism at sporting events. So mm-hmm. not just the singing of the national anthem, but uh, he references uh, soldiers like dropping down from the from the rafters, uh, right. rappelling down from the rafters. I think he says, uh, you know, fucking fighter jets flying over the you know, whatever random sporting event you're at, those kind of things and how right. kind of ridiculous that is. And so those kind of things, and he talks about how do I explain uh, to my niece why all this stuff is happening at a sporting event and stuff like that. And then also talking about the relationship of Ron McClain and Don Cherry and how John Don Cherry is a fucking asshole and kind of... Uh, racism and xenophobia and all that kind of stuff kind of overtakes the episodes or something like that. Well, no, I, I think you were, you're absolutely on the right track. I think the, the criticism of Ron McClain, which is well-deserved is even if he's kind of like, mm, I don't know about that, Don, like if that's kind of his, his thought, mm-hmm. he just kind of gets out of the way mm-hmm. and you know, you can say it's kind of uh, enabling mm-hmm. or, um, it's kind of the idea of, so this is this might be annoying and you might want to, to cut this out, but I, I'm reading a book right now called, um, oh God, I don't want to get the name wrong. I think it's How to Be an Anti-Racist. Oh, yeah. Um, no. um, and so it's kind of like that idea of, well, okay, maybe, maybe Ron McClain doesn't share these same thoughts, but he's not doing anything to, to change them. To, yeah, exactly. He he's not the anti Don Cherry. He's the the neutral broadcaster. I just I set things up for Don, and then Don says what he says, and I go okay. Yeah, and, uh, I'm not going to get involved. Period. That kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And so I mm. I think that might be the most generous kind of way to ex- to describe his role. And you could certainly be more critical and harsh about Ron McLean because yeah, allowing that voice to be out there so prominently without immediate um, contradiction is dangerous. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, so, so I think that's kind of the the dynamic between 
Ron and Don, mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe kind of how he's viewed in in Canada. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, I believe, since been fired for some sexual harassment or something like that. Oh gosh, I don't even know that. So, okay, I, th- I think it was like maybe a year or two ago, like pretty, you know, relatively recently. Yeah. But yeah, that's so. That's kind of what the whole uh, whole song is about. That kind of over the top patriot force patriotism or manufactured patriotism, right? And so the NHL in, in Canada is is probably the the best example up there. And for here, I mean, we see it across all sports for the most part. I think the NFL is the most notorious for yeah the the, the flyovers the you know, football field sized American flags, Mm -hmm. um, every there's, yeah. Honoring the military and law enforcement, you know, all the time. And it's like, well, why are these things packaged? Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no reason that they need to be a, a package deal. Um, and that's actually something I wanted to ask you about is have you experienced anything? Cause I've not gone to that many sporting events. I'm not a sports guy. Um, but I know you are, and you've probably been to games and stuff. Have you have you ever seen anything like super crazy or uh, aside from national anthems? Um, I mean, at professional sporting events, no, I don't think I've ever been in a stadium when they've done like a, a live flyover or or anything like that. Um, I, I think maybe like during some timeout or intermission, they'll they'll show someone in the stands and be like, you know, this is Dan Smith and he was uh, a Marine and, or did this. And like, he stands up and people clap mm-hmm. and like, fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, <laughs> to be honest. So with my job now and with my previous job, like covering sporting events mm-hmm. as a, a journalist and, and journalist is in quotes. <laughs> um, I got to say, like, I just got sick of the anthem. Just because yeah. I have to I have to go to work and hear it every single day, sometimes <laughs> multiple times a day. It's not that good of a song, it's um, really not. you know. Um, and so, like, that's my big protest is oh, like it's just like I got to stand up. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not putting my my hand over my heart because I I don't I don't understand why that's a thing. Mm-hmm. My heart is not connected to, uh, you know. That's we, we've learned that it's not where our emotions come from. Um, so we should be putting our hand over our our head, I think. Um, I'm just imagining you standing for the national anthem and like with both hands on your head. <laughs> this is where I feel my emotions. Um, on, on One more thing I will say is like the fifth time I listened to this song, mm-hmm. I heard like a new rhythm guitar in the background. Oh, interesting. Um. I, it, it's like probably like two thirds away, uh, two thirds into the song. There's like, um, this like interest, interesting, like not chord progression, but like chord, like, um, like strum pattern. Um, like, and it's pretty deep in the mix. It seems like, do you know the part mm-hmm. I'm talking about? We may not be the same. Their songs, especially, so this is off of Supporting Cast, which is my 
favorite album of, of theirs. Um, Did you notice that the album title is misspelled? <laughs> And then did you notice it's actually on purpose and political and smart? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's funny that they do that. You are a fan. Okay. <laughs> the musicianship that goes into these songs is great. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an extra guitar that comes in. I really, really like the, there's like a guitar swell, like right in the middle or last three quarters of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a swell right before he says uh, a strange and bitter fruit that sad old man beside you and I just absolutely love that part every single time I hear it I'm just like oh I feel it <laughs> get those goosebumps or, or you know whatever right um, what are some of the kind of parts or lyrics on this one that that really stuck out to you so overall one of the like takeaways I, I took from this as as a first song was like okay this isn't the just like beat you over the head like hardcore punk mm-hmm. um that i was worried about there was a like you said just a lot of really good songwriting a lot of a lot more structure than mm-hmm. i thought that there might be and, and so i was like okay this is good to take going into like the rest of the songs um that i'm not just going to be like fucking pummeled into submission by like <laughs> you know like the this like same pace and same like rhythm for you know four whole minutes yeah um so some of the lyrics i i liked in the song were the, the last verse when he says dear on mclean i wouldn't bother with these questions if i didn't sense some spiritual connection mm-hmm. i like that because it's kind of saying like it, it's it's chris not going like here's why I'm right, here's why you're wrong, here's why you fucked up. And yeah. Like, you know, it's him saying, like, it, it's basically him saying, like, I would really like to understand this and, like, work this out and, like, like, I see... It's just, like, someone's saying that, hey, I have some understanding of you mm-hmm. and I would like more and I hope you, like, you would be open to a discussion. That's almost kind of, like, how I... Yeah. In, in, ...interpreted that. And, and I think when you're this band that is known for being um, politically active and, and having strong points of view, it's all, it, it's very helpful to come at issues with that perspective and, and not turning people off with, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. The The thing with propaganda is they have a very um, specific and nuanced and really educated approach to their songs. They're definitely the first band that, the first band for me anyway, that obviously not the first band, like MDC is is really political and, and has really good lyrics as well. Um, and they're also a huge influence on propaganda. As far as what I had heard already is what I'm trying to get at. Political songs, it's like, oh yeah, fuck the government, blah, blah, blah. But there's no right. real reason behind it. I mean, propaganda has some of those. There's a song, stick the fl- stick the goddamn flag up your ass, you son of a bitch, or something like that, off of their uh-huh. first full length. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's a funny song and it's, and it's great. And when I was 15, 14, 15 years old, I thought it was the fucking greatest thing in the world. Right. The more I look into their lyrics, and I've all, all five of these songs I've I've loved for a long time, and going through and re-looking at the lyrics again to prep for the podcast, I've 
learn so much more about what they what the songs were about and um the wordplay they use and the references they make and everything they put a lot of chris puts so much effort into these and they're well researched and and very very interesting there's a lot of different layers to them it's almost like re-watching a, a a good tv show when you start noticing the little things that you missed in the background and different things like that but yeah they were one of the first political bands or punk bands that got political that were really talking about something and really had actual meaning behind the songs instead of just like fuck this thing and then 15 20 years later they're all cops or whatever which is something that happens uh it's right it's annoying being like following punk rock and seeing like so many people say like fucking uh, uh johnny rotten from the sex pistols he's, he's yeah, like a yeah, trump yeah. supporter and right and uh just so, like this uh but he's so hot how uh, can he not have you seen a picture of him lately <laughs> I have that he's he's peppered my Twitter timeline the past couple months and it oof or the oh, one of the dudes from the Misfits probably multiple dudes from the Misfits to be honest but anyway um, they've always been an extremely political band they've stuck with it through the I think it said 1986 they started they've stuck with it this entire time Chris uh, Chris Hanna has a Patreon supported podcast uh, you can only get it right now via patreon um fucking money grubbing piece i know of shit. capitalists right <laughs> i'm sure everybody's made that joke when he started a Patreon. oh i'm sure yeah um but uh he's gone over some songs where he talks about how he doesn't like or regrets some of the lyrics there's one song in particular where he um even went and he didn't release it like quote unquote publicly, but he re-recorded a, a verse to a song to mm-hmm. kind of revisit the lyrics and say like, you know, I wrote these when I was 16, 17 years old. I got a better, a better understanding of the world now and I can kind of re revisit these lyrics and, and make them a little more appropriate, a little more, uh, I don't know, just better. Hey, Dante here. Danny might just insert this into the episode. This is me just admitting my shortcomings, and I was unable to come up with any sort of interesting pun for the next song we're going to talk about, a speculative fiction. It is really hard. Speculative. I'm, gl- I'm glad you went for it. <laughs> um, this this song very much has another opening line that is pounding the desk and saying this means something. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have to Google what the 49th parallel is, mm-hmm. and it it I it, it looks like it's just the border. This okay. So the first time I listened to this song, it rem- this is this is unfair, and this opinion changed but the first time i listened to the song it reminded me of what i do not like of bands that are probably in some way influenced by propaganda mm-hmm. um, but bands like rise against mm-hmm. did you ever listen to rise against a little bit 
Really? Okay. I'm kind of. I, I assumed you wouldn't because you could give me smell... five. You could give me five songs by them, and I would have never heard any of them. I... And neither would have I. Okay. okay. Neither would have I. That's a sentence. Um, <laughs> no, I. I don't like that band. They're kind of more on the. Well, they're probably more on like the mall punk spectrum. They definitely went that way. Right. But even when they like, like when they started, it was like they were more punishing in a way that I thought propaganda would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do not like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so they seem very derivative mm-hmm. and inferior than propaganda. But um, the, the more and boy, I, I hope this isn't offensive, but this kind of might um, illuminate my misunderstanding or just lack of connection with the punk scene but the more i listen to this song the less i thought of them as punk Mm -hmm. and the more i just heard like interesting good rock songwriting yeah is is that fair or are people going to be like no don't take the punk away from them? absolutely um they especially as they as they've gone through the years they've kind of kind of moved away from being a punk band like if i didn't give you anything off of their first full length um, cause I don't really care for that album. Is that okay? No, no, no. So, so let's talk more rock. You did give me something. Yeah. That's what, their second full length. What was before that? What was that called? Uh, how to clean everything. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that album. Uh, there's, there's some songs on it that I, that I like, but nothing that I really felt like giving to you as a, as a introduction. Um, but anyway, yeah, they've leaned mo- much more heavily into their metal, uh, influences they're kind of crossover bands that they're into they're really into like bands like sacrificed and um final conflict metallica um, <laughs> probably um he does lean- he does reference metallica in an interview right or in that rig rundown video yeah yeah they're much more into that kind of thing than they are into punk rock and that's kind of it, it turned a lot of people off it turned off um fat mike the guy who runs fat records or mm-hmm. it or whatever you want to call it um he i can't remember if it was potemkin city limits or today's empires tomorrow's ashes in one of the um episodes of chris's podcast he talks about how uh, he was really proud of the album i think it was potemkin city limits and he showed this some early songs to fat mike and fat mike was like well, I guess you're making a metal album, huh? And like real condescending kind of tone. And that's, they've had a sort of a falling out. They, they separated from the label and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, over the years they've gone kind of away from punk. They still got that punk speed and punk quote unquote attitude or whatever. That's a terrible sentence. (laughs) It's not, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. They've, they've kind of kept that, but they, they have leaned much more into to the their metal influences. And I would say they also, and maybe this is more of a metal thing, but I for at least for the time being, I associate it with punk. One of the things I like about uh, being your friend and having you introduce me to new music is I will I'm I, I feel like I can just like open myself up and be like, change me, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and um I realize now in hindsight that's not how I wanted to word that, but um, I'm just I'm open to evolving. But like one of the things I associate with punk is, you know, they're and they're probably more intricate than a lot of 
punk bands, but their yeah. song structures and the way they're writing, even just like the rhythm guitar is like, I'm going to do this for one bar and this for one bar and then this little transition for a half a bar into the, and it's not, you know, it's never just like four bars, four bars, four bars. It's, yeah. It's, always it's not very, that four chord punk that you, that, that you expect. Right. It, it, it's changing up a lot. And I don't, I don't even associate, I guess I associate that more with punk than metal, though metal certainly has that as well. Mm-hmm. And then this, the, uh, I just wrote in my notes, this was probably a first or second listen note. Mm-hmm. And near the end of the song, duga 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 drums, hyphen, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so what I'm trying to say there is I get it. I'm pretty hip. <laughs> you are pretty hip. You love those duga 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 dugas. <laughs> I do. They're lyrically, I mean, the 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 faster paced like lyrics and the verses like are just it's it's just another melody mm-hmm. to my ears. The you know like nowhere to run, nowhere to hide stands out because they like they let you hear it. You yes. know, yeah. Um, and then when he says near the end, just a speculative fiction. Like that really like I, I like how they do this in, in some of their songs where it's not like a complete like the music doesn't drop out always. Mm-hmm. But like they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to have this lyric kind of stand out or be yes. like a uh, like a like a tent pole of this part of the song. Yeah. And, and, and I really like that because I'm just a sucker for that that moment in songs, you know, mm-hmm. where like, hey, like this is bringing everybody together because we know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So, wh- why why did you pick this song as number two? Um, so this song kind of brought me back into propaganda. Um, did you have a falling out or a, uh, a lack of interest? I I kind of lost interest in actually after hearing another song that I gave you on this top five. I've always I do this a lot. I still do it to this day and I try really hard not to is I listen to a new song or a new album by a band that I already have a history with. Mm-hmm. And if it's not what I expect, I hate it. Right. And I can't stand that I do that. And I try really hard now to not do that. You know, if I don't like it right away, maybe try it again, maybe sit on it for a few months to a year or something like that and revisit it later and I, I blame punk for that <laughs> because for Blink-182, for example, we've talked a lot about and how I was into Cheshire Cat between junior high and high school. Dude Ranch came out and I was like, this is good, but they're on a major label now, so I'm not really going to be into this one. And then Enema came out and they had the new drummer, Travis Barker, and I was like, cool, I'm out. Fuck them, they sold out. You're Which right. Which is fucking stupid. Like... I never owned Dude Ranch, which is now my favorite album of theirs. And uh, what was that? Are you complaining? (laughs) I just wanted to do like a transition. Like (laughs) as you were talking about the albums, I was like, oh, wait, what song? (laughs) Sorry. Um, And yeah, like going back and listening to Enema. Yeah, Enema. (laughs) Um, That album's pretty good too. And so, yeah, that's kind of a band that like, I eventually dismissed and have since, thanks to Blink-155, 
come back to and been like, oh shit, this band actually has a lot of good songs and they have a lot of terrible songs too. But, um, but yeah, so I did that with propaganda um, when today's empires, tomorrow's ashes came out and years and years later working at the record store, David Fix played this song uh, on the little, the little listening station CD player. He unplugged the headphones and put this CD in and played this song. And I just will remember that moment for the rest of my life and being like, oh, fuck, this shit is hella good. So you were um, off them for like 15 years? For quite a while. Well, Today's Empires came out in 2000. Okay, and so I did I- not listen to, to Potemkin City Limits when it came out. But yeah, so David put that song on and uh, I just remember him like passionately singing those intro lyrics and just the the intro to that song, the instrumentation on that intro is beautiful. And then it gets into the the distorted part and the fucking amazing lyrics. And so that kind of sparked me to go revisit those two albums. And I've since fallen in love with those albums. And then Supporting Cast came out and I was just immediately blown away by that uh that album supporting cast is my favorite by far uh with less talk more rock kind of close to being tied to that so yeah that's kind of why i pick this song i just i think musically it's it's great uh i actually had no idea what it, what it was about before going and reading the lyrics and kind of looking at some of the notations and stuff i'm really bummed because propaganda used to have not that long ago uh, the lyrics on their website with kind of an explanation under it uh, as to what kind of the meaning of the song was. They've, they've since taken that off and they just have the lyrics now. Right, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I thought it was cool that they just had the lyrics because I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of bands don't even bother yeah. anymore. But yeah. I guess with a band like Propagandy, that's... They're really important. Yeah. <laughs> Capital I. <laughs> exactly. So it seems like it's kind of this... Fantasy story, a speculative fiction, if you will, um, about a war between Canada and the United States, or just that tension between the two, kind of thing. Is I don't know. Is is interesting. Some of the some of the things took on kind of different meanings. There's the um, line about we got a good fifteen years left till united we stand, and then there's a little in, short instrumental break murals on west Broad, broadway finally fade i had always had those lines separated but they actually fit together because apparently it's a reference sort of to these murals that were painted uh shortly after 9 11 in canada united we stand with america murals that were had been since painted over and faded away or whatever but anyway uh, that was really interesting to me um, there's a lot of lines like that in kind of a lot of his songs where, and we kind of talked about it on the Waxwing episode too, where he breaks up the line in a way to where if you put them together, they mean one thing. If you have them separated, it's kind of like two different thoughts, but putting them together ties it together. And it, he does that pretty often. And it's kind of interesting and going and reading the lyrics again, or some of these, like this one, the first time reading the lyrics, I'm like, Oh shit, this has a totally different meaning. Um, and see, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I'll never experience, <laughs> you know, but that's yeah. OK. And I, I I still like that that experience is out there mm-hmm. um, for others or even myself one day. 
but yeah, well, th- th- that's cool. That's cool. That that's the song that gets you back into them. And yeah, I thought it was a good song. I I, I think I like it more than Dear Co- Coach's Corner. Mm-hmm. Just because of the style, I think is a little different, and the style was yeah. maybe more already aligned with my tastes. But you know, one of the things going into this episode that I was thinking is like, what is this podcast about? Like, what's the purpose behind it? Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, we just want to talk about music, but, like, in terms of, like, this structure of introducing each other to to bands we don't know maybe too much about, I'm like, it started making me think about taste, Mm -hmm. like, our musical taste, and, okay, sometimes, like, it, this is about, like, identity and who I am, and I am someone who likes this type of music, and that's important to me. And let's say like in 50 episodes or like 50 episodes where you introduce me to a new band, right? Mm-hmm. What if I like all 50? It's going to be 49 because of Wilco. But what if I like 49 <laughs> out of the 50? 49 out of 50. God like, damn it. Like what, like what does that, like does that mean we as like humans can like anything if we just kind of give it an open-minded shot? You know what I mean? Because it, 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 it's almost like, well, I don't want to like everything because that mm-hmm. means I kind of like nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, be- because as I was listening to this band more and realizing, like, f- going from where I started with this band and then where I am now, and that change is just like, okay, well, you listen to anything 12 times and you're, <laughs> that's it. That's all it takes. It's just math, you know? Um, or just putting in the time. If, if you get enough reps, this is coach talk. If you get enough reps with something, you're going to be, <laughs> um, competent at it. And now I am at least competent at listening to propaganda, <laughs> you know? And so it, it was just kind of this, like, this isn't to say anything good or bad about the music. It was just kind of this like, um, existential, what is this fucking podcast about? Cause are we just going to like like meld into like one singular taste you and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, just imagine like someone be like, "Oh, oh, uh, uh, do you like this band called Propaganda?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a um I'm su- sufficient with them." <laughs> yeah. I am a proficient listener. Have you um on that subject, I'm curious, have you gone and listened to any of the bands that we've talked about again? Um, I definitely listened to Waxwing, um, following, mm-hmm. following that. And I have not listened to Wilco. Okay. I've, I have gone, I have listened to Trail of Dead and not Joy Formidable, sure. but, um, I just, I honestly haven't had time because I'm too busy. Like I'm going to give Dante this band someday. Let me come up with a playlist for them. <laughs> just yeah, like dude, taking so you, much time. You have your half of the podcast planned out. a year in advance like every single day you text me six times like this band have you heard this band have you heard this band and i'm just like dude i don't know what i'm giving you next week and like it must like we are both uh full-time employees you are a father of two and you have all of this extra time to devote to the pod i'm fucking i'm at home all day and yeah, I have a job and I'm working from home, but my job is pretty lax. Yeah. And so I have a lot of free time on my hands in between like working on whatever 
and where I just look to my right and I've got my giant record collection right there and I can go look at it and be like, oh yeah, this band. So I've got a lot of time on my hands. Well, and to I like think also editing the podcast. Yeah, which I, initially I was like, oh, I feel bad. Like Danny's going to take on this, you know, this obligation of editing. And now I'm like, oh, it seems like he needs something to do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Honestly, like I, I'm not saying it's bad that you're like so uh, invested in the podcast and like be able to like spend so much time planning and all of this stuff. I'm just like, oh, it's gonna be like four more weeks before he cuts ties with me and finds someone else who has more time because I'm just like, dude, I don't like I do not have the time right now. Um, and like I, we, we talked before, like I will in a few weeks. Um, that well, or right now. But um, as far as the podcast listening audience is concerned, like I just yeah, I just don't know how you do it because I'm like, oh, I got to like cobble together a playlist for him um, because I can tell he really wants to start listening to the next thing. Like, well, okay. so speaking of of previous episodes and, and bands that we kind of came to a an agreement on. Um, I'm assuming the third song of your playlist for Propagandy was inspired by the previous band I gave you because you gave me an <laughs> ellipsis and we thought that nation states were a bad idea. A song which has a title that does not match with, like, the song sonically, at least. Uh-huh. Th- this song was, I-, I like that this was in the middle, and you can tell me if you did this strategically, but I felt like this song was a little bit of a, hey, like, go ahead and relax a little bit for this one. <laughs> because this kind song, of. this song is for sure, like... It's more fun. It's kind of like bratty. Like the vocals are kind of bratty in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more pop punk. It has we we flirt with some harms. Yes. In this song. Mm-hmm. Um, are they saying they own us? They're saying they own us. They own us. Produce us. Produce us. Uh, they say it weird because they're Canadian. Uh-huh. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. They own us. They own us. Produce us. In, in Canada, they say, produce. Produce. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a John K. Sampson. I don't know if you know who that is. The, nope. Uh, the Weaker Thans? Nope. No? No. I can't, I've, I've never been that much of a fan, so I can't give you five songs. They're not their original bass player, but the bass player on the first two full-length albums is John K. Sampson, who went on to be um, kind of a solo artist and... Uh, front man of the weaker thans uh real big well not big but you know quote unquote big uh he's a great songwriter but uh he's yeah he's got those harms for sure he's in the background doing they own us uh yes i i like this song there is a early on so remember i i texted you yesterday i think about system of a down and <laughs> you i could feel you recoil mm-hmm. um it was there 
yeah. And and I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm a System of a Down fan. I, I certainly was in like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have some songs that I, I still like, but the, I don't think they're a band that I could say I'm a big enough fan of to, to give you. But the reason I was thinking about System of a Down is because there was kind of a like punchy vocal part in the beginning of the song that reminded me of Serge's kind of vocal delivery because he has a very distinct singing style that mm-hmm. and they're a very very overtly political band and so anyway it, it just kind of reminded me of it no like i don't hate propaganda now because i i thought this part sounded like system of a down <laughs> in some ways but um uh i i just thought that was that was interesting um, which part was it do you remember the lyric Publicly subsidized, privately profitable, the anthem of the operative, puppeteer, untouchable, focus a moment, not in approval, bury our heads in the bargains of these neo-colonials. That part, when he says bury our heads, uh-huh. um, that, I, I would have to go back and find the the System of a Down song. But yeah, the, I mean, that whole song is, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, the first time I listened to like these songs, I was like, okay, this is gonna, this is my favorite, and mm-hmm. just because it was the easiest. Yeah, it is know? very easy, and it it is not my favorite any longer. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of happy that there was something more accessible here, um, because it just it sounds like dumb pop punk, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, we we both like Blink One Eighty Two, and and they don't always sound like dumb pop punk, but we're not mad when they do. Yeah. Um, and, kind of when I like them the best. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I was still listening to some of, like, to, to the other four songs with this, like, dark cloud of serious, serious <laughs> punk. And, like, that was kind of, my mentality was ruining my, like, initial enjoyment of these songs. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of, like, in this this mindset of, oh, well, like, dumb pop punk sounds better than serious make change punk. Um, yeah, which is probably true for some bands, but n- I no longer think that's true about propaganda. <laughs> and, and so, but yeah, so so this was this was kind of nice. So I really do like those harms. I mean, really, it's kind of the only hook in these five songs you gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that that obvious of a hook. Yeah, it's definitely the most hooky as far as a song that I gave you because most of the other ones they they have those parts like you mentioned where. They kind of maybe turn the vocals up or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, where a lyric stands out really well, but there's no like chorus, if you right. will. I mean, there's no chorus in any of these songs necessarily, but they're not they're not that kind of band. Um, I'm gonna scrub towards the end of this song because there's another lyric that kind of stood out to me: "Unrestricted labor laws <laughs> would like repeat in my head for so <laughs> yeah. long. I don't oh, know yeah. why." Like listening back to that, like I could see someone getting, you know, smile on the CEO stuck in their head. Like there's Uh multiple like lines like that. But for some reason, the way he kind of breaks up unrestricted labor laws, Mm -hmm. like really stuck with me. And I again, I didn't know the full sentence. Like I didn't know to Mm -hmm. ensure the benefit of. (laughs) But I was like, okay, there's something there's something about this line that seems important about labor laws. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, did you kind of give it to me to throw me a bone or to give some other older stuff to me? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, it's definitely a lot more of a pop punk song, um, kind of where they 
their roots are kind of there a little bit. That's just kind of how they sounded at the beginning. There's, they have a lot of pretty interesting history. If you ever want to read about or whatever, there's, there's some articles out there talking about their history and how they got started with fat records and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just, this is an early song that I heard by them. The first song I heard off of, um, let's talk more rock. I was already a fan of the first album, how to clean everything. And this song, actually a slightly different version was on a fat records compilation called survival of the fattest. And it's by far the, the standout song of that compilation. There's some other good songs on there, but this song in particular is just a huge standout. It's a big song for the band. They still play it to this day. When I saw them in 2009 or 2010, they played it and of course got a huge response from the crowd when this one came on. And just being 15 years old or so and hearing those lyrics and not being barked at like I was by previous political bands that I may have heard, not to say anything bad about those. I mean, there's definitely some times where I feel like that's a good thing and required, but like Dead Kennedys and different things like that, just the lyrics that were being thrown at you in this song, the benefit of unrestricted labor laws, just I, you can tell that this isn't like Pennywise political song where, you know, they have a song called like fuck authority. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, bro. Um, it just kind of blew my mind, especially when he's like, and I'm just a kid. I can't believe I've got to worry about this kind of shit. As a 15-year-old who's getting interested in, in politics and political stuff, it was just like, holy shit, yeah, this guy knows me. I um, identify with that. So yeah, I, I just loved it and then got the album. And to this day, Let's Talk More Rock is up there as my favorite, as I said earlier. Um, I listened to it. I don't remember if it was the day after the last election or on inauguration day. And by last election, do you mean final? Oh, God. Uh, Maybe. But yeah, I just listened to it again, the full album, and on my way to work. Because it's a pretty short album, so I was able to listen to the entire thing. And just singing along to every lyric and being like, this speaks to today's political climate just as much as it did in the early 90s when a lot of these songs were written. A lot of these songs on that album were written earlier than when this album came out. But uh, they had a split, uh, I'd Rather Be Flag Burning, split 7-inch or I think 10-inch with I Spy in like 94. And a lot of those songs off of Less Talk were on that split. So it just makes sense today, unfortunately. And yeah, it's a lot more accessible than probably all the other songs I gave you. For sure, for sure. And kind of continuing on on your tangent about how he wasn't barking at you and he was kind of coming at it from like, a, hey, I know this is like crazy or rough and it shouldn't be like mm-hmm. your burden or our burden, but, you know, whatever. But so I so I watched that rig rundown video. Mm hmm. This guy just seems like such a good dude. Yeah. He's he's very Absolutely. He's very thoughtful. Like you said like he is the guy you want to take your hand and be like, "Here, let me show you why 
these people think the way they think and why it might be something you want to consider. Mm -hmm. He's like the right intro to, to that world. If you've never like, if you've never been around progressive people or really been able to consider progressive thoughts, like it, if you have the wrong intro, it could be such a turnoff, mm-hmm. right? If, like you yeah. said, if someone's barking at you, and he he's a big hockey fan, which <laughs> he he he's you know he he's the sporto and the the you know politico, and so he just seems like a really cool guy. He's very mm-hmm. kind of calm and collected, and, and he's talked about how when he was young, he was all he wanted to do was he probably did want to bark. And he, he's talked about that where he would just, you mm-hmm. know, he'd shoot his mouth off and look for trouble. And that's, that kind of makes sense for a, you know, a 19 year old punk kid or whatever, sure. yeah. but he's, he has not stayed that. And he has progressed in a very positive way. Not like you said, the, the punk guys who just like completely abandon it, except for the, you know, capital benefits that they get from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, so I won't give a a grade on the band yet, but Chris Hanna gets all five of my seconds of summer. Oh yeah. He's a great dude. Just every interview I've watched with him and listening to his podcast, he seems like a cool guy to hang out with. And it's just exceedingly intelligent. I mean, he would probably say otherwise, but <laughs> Well, now now that I have uplifted him, um, I feel more comfortable talking about what I found to be the most skippable track, Back to the Motor League. I like the party fucking hard! I like my rock and roll the same! Don't give a fuck if I burn out! Don't give a fuck if I fade away! This was the one. This was the one that made me not buy this album. Oh, Stop listening to them for a long time. This song specifically. This song specifically. Have it you was come on, back around? Oh, yeah. That's why I put it on here. Okay. And I was a little worried. I almost didn't put it on for that reason. Because it was, for me, a song that I was like, this is screaming and yelling. And I don't understand what the, what is happening here. I didn't get it. It was on a compilation uh, like a fat records compilation like upcoming new releases whatever and this was the first album with their current bass player um todd kowalski formerly of the band i spy and he brought a hardcore element to the band that was not there before and i was so used to the the harms of john, john k sampson and so yeah when when i heard this song i was like what the fuck this is, I don't I don't understand this and so then I didn't pursue the album any further. I think I heard one other song, "Ladies Night in Loserville." I think was the other song I heard off of this album, and was just not interested for whatever reason. And yeah, just for years. So that was two thousand, and then it wasn't until closer to two thousand nine that I decided to revisit them thanks to David Fix. Um, so have you come back like completely to the album? Like where does that album today's empires, tomorrow's ashes kind of rank amongst your propaganda albums now? As far as the albums that I gave you songs off of, it would go supporting cast. Let's talk more rock. I think today's empires and Potemkin are kind of almost tied. Today's empires takes a little bit 
of a higher ranking because there's more songs on that one. Todd's the uh, bass player Todd's songs on um, Potemkin City Limits. I'm not that big of a fan of, although there's another propaganda podcast uh, called Unscripted Moments that's just made by two fans of the band. And they were talking about one of his songs off of Potemkin and it uh, kind of made me rethink what the song what the song is about and well they talked about what it was actually about and and stuff like that and I re-listened to it and I appreciate it a little more. Todd now when he has his own songs, I like it when he's yelling. I don't like his singing songs as much. Well, I okay, I guess we can't just fly past this song into the final one. Not yet. Um, not yet. I I don't I guess I don't know any of Todd's singing songs. No, you don't. But I am inclined to agree with what you just said. I I, I will say for back to the motor league, a lot of shreds. Mm-hmm. Like he he definitely shows his chops. And I think there's some double bass drum on the song. Possibly. Or, or, or just super fast kick. And there was a couple lyrics that maybe just because of the way the song is sung, like it, it does kind of stick out. Um, the lyric about blow dry my hair and stick me on a 10 speed. <laughs> Back what, to the motor league. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Um, it, it's certainly my second favorite 10 speed related song. <laughs> um, as if anybody needs more than zero, but um, yeah, what, what what is that lyric about, Danny? Uh, I, your guess is as good as mine. Is, I mean, it sounds at, like from the beginning of the song, he's just making fun of the scene. Is, is yeah, he's okay. he's making fun uh, or basically talking about a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. Is those those punks that are there for for however many years, but then they forget all about all that stuff and they turn around and start being more conservative, like in cops and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also about the kind of faux corporate punk rock kind of thing. So yeah, talking about all that stuff and how that was a bit, just a big turnoff for him, like the whole music business, um, the kind of fake punk rock where they, they say these political things, but then backstage behind the scenes, they're not following that kind of thing at all, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So Motor League is kind of like Canadian uh, AAA, so like a car insurance company slash um, travel agency kind of deal. And I guess Chris used to work there. Oh, That's why he's saying, I'd rather go back to the Motor League, have to put up with this bullshit the machismo of it, the fakeness of it all, the whole music scene and all that kind of stuff. Right. You, so, okay. So first off, I, I, I understand that. Um, and, and I like that as a, that that's what the song's about, that he's kind of calling out all this bullshit and, and calling out um, people like me who are just trying to like, Oh, maybe I kind of want to dress like that. And maybe I'll listen to this music. <laughs> um, but you accidentally and probably regrettably, once I tell you this, made a sports reference oh. be- because when you said the motor league is like Canadian triple a triple a is a, like a division of baseball. I, that, I know, you know, that is professional. It's like river cats. Exactly. 
But it also, it works in that context of like, he's in the major leagues. He wants to go back to triple A where there was less, <laughs> less bullshit. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, wow. Look at us. Um, oh, I just, I just remembered. Um, I was going to say this during when we talked about the last song, there's a, a good, another good song that I almost put in place of back to the motor league where he says, Jesus saves Gretzky scores. And I was almost going to put that on there just for the, there's some other like hockey references in there. Blame the, blame the man, not the puck or something like that. Well, I, I, I think I will listen to, to that. Um, but probably not before I listen to more of supporting cast. Yeah. Because the, the next song you, you have continued your streak of making me. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised. So so this song is a is a callback to when my mom would uh, read. She actually read me like James and the Giant Peach like every night before I would fall asleep as a little kid. And when I was finally falling asleep, uh-huh. she would have me say sweet dreams to the alphabet for giving us all these great stories. And I would say, hmm, night letters. good story Dante thanks I like it um that was it was the only one I could like re- the first and last song were the only ones I could think of anything so this song this is the best song you gave me mm-hmm. I guess it's my favorite it's not officially or uh objectively <laughs> the best this is my favorite I really like this song you you might not get this uh reference or you might not appreciate it if you do the opening reminded me of the band fall of Troy which was just mm. one of the many, many, many like um, hardcore screamo bands in like you know the mid aughts, but they were a little, a little mathy, a little like they, yeah. you know, pretty good. Not like my favorite, but pretty good and a, a, a little more chaotic than your like, um, just like pretty boy screamo type of <laughs> bands. But yeah, this is like the most like metally and and dynamic of the songs, I think, and. It is largely sung by Todd, the bassist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, when you said you like Todd's screaming songs more than his singing songs, I'm like, I think that you would classify Night Letters as a screaming song? Yes. Okay. He's not um, singing on this one. No. Um, but Chris comes comes behind for some really good supporting vocals. Okay, well, first tell me... A, why this song, and then why are you surprised I like it so much? I chose this one because it's the opener of night uh, opener of night letters, opener of supporting cast, similar to um, speculative fiction. Hearing this one for the first time, it's not as as in, ingrained of a memory as you know having David Fix put it in the in the CD player and playing it and singing along to it and stuff, but. Opening track from from this album is just it's a great opening track. 
It's got that chuggy, uh, palm muted stuff. Apparently, it's in a it's in a weird tuning. There's an interview I read with with Propaganda a long time ago, and Chris said it's one of his favorite songs to play because of that because it's in an odd tuning. Um, I don't know what tuning it's in, but and it's almost like one of those barking songs a little bit. He's Todd has a barking yell. If you were to hear the song uh, "Fuck the Border." You, you definitely know. And even on Back to the Motor League when he has parts, he's got a, he's got a great fucking hardcore voice. It's, I just feel, I can feel the emotion coming from him in this song. Apparently it's about uh, a time in his life where he was working with uh, Afghani refu- refugees and different refugees coming over from the Middle East. And um, Night Letters, I guess, is a specific threatening type of letter that would come at night and um, the Taliban would use this and basically, you know, threatening, threatening the entire family. And, and, you know, if you don't side with us or whatever it might've been. So it's just kind of recounting those conversations he had with the refugees and stuff. And I don't know, just something about his, his voice on this, the musicianship, the, the chords that were chosen and everything just, it, all of it just feels to me to have so much emotion behind it. It just took me, kind of swept me away the first time I heard this song and was the great opener to a basically flawless album of Supporting Cast. I easily could have given you five songs off of Supporting Cast and been done with it, but <laughs> felt like I had to spread it out a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, his his voice is very... The, the way he delivers, it, it's very authoritative like Mm -hmm. you want to like listen to what he's saying and you're right it is very like it it it, his his voice attacks Mm -hmm. he he doesn't have to like stretch his range very much the way he's delivering the vocals but it it's like this was the song that like without without looking up the lyrics i got the most like context from I, i i did google night letters because I thought mm-hmm. it might be like kind of a spiritual cousin to REM's Night Swimming. And it doesn't seem like that was exactly the case. <laughs> no. Um, but I did read about, yeah, the, the Taliban night letters. And I was kind of getting the vibe that I thought maybe this was written from the point of view of like an immigrant. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he had, you know, worked with them. And so he was and I guess I should have should have realized it wasn't from that point of view because this song has the best example of a lyric standing out in the midst of all mm-hmm. this crazy music. And like, do you know what that is? Or maybe it's different for you, but there's one part of the song where it's just like, you can't mistake what is being sung. And it's just, and it's just very, it's actually not an important quote unquote, important lyric, but like it sonically and musically sounds very good. And the way they structure it going from one line to the other is very cool. My head swims worrying about you as my head swims worrying about you. No, it's it, it's less what is being said um, and more how it's delivered and how it's packaged in the music. Okay, okay. Just hit me. Hit me with it. It's So it's just when he says, you work the night shift so you won't be alone. And then like mm-hmm. the music kind of like, I don't know if it completely drops out, but it's he just goes, I am, you know, and like that part like, really hit like it, it kind of bridges like the end of one like maybe musical measure to the next mm-hmm. do, do you know what i'm talking about 
Yes. Um, yeah. And it's it's just a really cool, I guess, device, like a musical device they use to just make make it so interesting. And it, it does kind of hook me, even though that's not like a you know melodic hook or anything. But what I was mm-hmm. saying, like I should have realized when he says, I am adept at cold and you like he's definitely talking about two different people but all that being said i i could kind of grasp some meaning um that there was a empathy this is like an empathetic view of somebody else's much 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 harsher life conditions and, Mm -hmm. and journey and it's just like this song hits in every way uh to me and i am not someone who is necessarily open to being hit or to be to being impacted lyrically as much as others. Yeah. yeah. So there's a quote from Chris Hanna that mm-hmm. he I've heard him actually say a couple times. I think this was something he was just kind of saying for about <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> um <laughs> he he said it so I watched a, an interview on Q and then in a in an interview an article with Vice a few years ago um he also says something similar where he says People say they're tired of hearing white male voices, and so am I. I'm fucking tired of hearing my fucking self. And so, following, you know, following his... He's not just saying something. He's practicing what he preaches. And so he lets the other white male of the group sing, which I think (laughs) is really inclusive. And so he lets Todd sing about all this stuff. Um... But no, they they really do try to give the points of view of of those who don't have as strong of a voice or a- access to or control of the media, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's really cool. But honestly, like I'm I'm glad this song is about what it's about. If this song was about putting together a piece of IKEA furniture, I would still like really really like it just because I think it's cool as shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I think you, you said the word empathetic and it, it definitely has that feeling just his, his tone of voice that he gets in this song. And I almost feel like this is for him. This is the only song that I've heard of him. I've never listened to I spy before. I've always meant to, but never gotten around. Is to. Is that it. a song about like a super cold dessert? Ice pie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. That's where they got their band name. Uh, I, I thought of that the first time you said it, but like you were really going off and I don't want to interrupt you. So I'm, I'm really glad it came up Thanks. again. I, pre- I appreciate it. Um, I just, I feel like he hasn't taken this tone before. He's, he's got his songs where he's singing uh, and they're pretty good songs and they're heartfelt. And then he's got his songs where he's just barking and yelling and it's intense and it's perfect for what it is. But this is kind of in between the two. And I, it's just, I can't recall another song where it hit me like this one did from him. Wow. So when Todd sings, is it usually not this type of delivery? No. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's more like a like he's actually trying to sing mm. uh, versus whatever you would call this song. And I mean, they're fine songs. They're 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 fine. I just I've not really been that much of a fan of his singing voice over the years. Right. So I I think my my opinion of this song is is pretty clear. I I have nothing left to really say about it. Though I would kind of like to talk about 
Todd a little bit more. I have like just kind of a question about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is somewhat, or at least maybe has been a couple times involved in the album artwork. Yes, he's an artist, an amazing painter. So which which ones has he done? Because the the more recent propaganda albums have really, really cool artwork, and I was trying to look them up, and there was one that said like it was attributed to him, and then there's another in a very similar style that was attributed to somebody else. So do you know kind of who's done what? So cover painting by Todd Kowalski for supporting cast and victory lap that's by someone else oh is victory lap the one with the the like roller coaster in the ocean yeah on wikipedia it says the artwork is from kent monkman's painting the triumph of mischief Mm. so yeah i was wrong so todd did do painting a painting for supporting cast but it's not the cover that supporting cast cover it wouldn't be completely out of place on a Trail of Dead album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of um, the one that had Catterwall on it. Yeah, yeah. Worlds Apart, is that right? Yes. Whatever it is. So, well, it's okay. Todd, you will always have night letters. You have always... You always have <laughs> follow him on... Oh, you're not on Instagram. Nah. He's... Yeah, he's got... Follow his socials, whatever socials he's on. He's he's a great painter. He does some, some amazing work. So... So some final thoughts, Danny. The past few years, largely thanks to you, I've been getting into much harder music. Like, I always liked rock and and hard rock with some, like, metal influence, like Coheed and stuff like that, but... Sure, yeah. But they certainly aren't, like, hard. Um, They're not, you know, they're not black metal, they're not... Yeah, but you've got, you know, you talked about Fall of Troy. I've, I've not listened to them that much, but from what I remember, they were pretty... You know they've got they got some some chops yeah chop. for sure but they're they're also a band that like mm, I like these four songs but I couldn't tell you about albums okay. um, but and so one of the bands I, I listened to a lot trying to get into because I had read they were you know critically acclaimed and and very well liked and respected blah 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 was this French metal band called Gojira. and mm-hmm. they have a couple songs that I find really really cool and. I there's I think they're so cool because they they have movements and they the songs change and ebb and flow. The yes. vast majority of their songs are just unrelenting from you know the the start to minute four, overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Every every riff is just and it <laughs> it and it does not stop. And that type of guitar is really cool when done right and i think surrounded by anything else <laughs> but when it's <laughs> when it's non-stop it's just like exhausting um yeah i mean you get that in night letters because you've got that chuggy rhythm that happens but then it changes into something else right exactly and and so and that's why i like it so much and so that's what i wanted to say was that i think propaganda they they combine that harder stuff. They they are. I, I was worried they were going to be the Gojira of political punk, and also Gojira, mm-hmm. another band that's very very political. Um, oh, are they? I they are. They, they're that. always like they always sing about like uh, climate change and and a lot of actually like uh, yeah, and they're big into like environmental justice. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, too bad their songs aren't more interesting. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, the propaganda, I think, does it right. And so I, I was happy that you gave me this band. I am proud of myself for not, for <laughs> like giving it a try because I was I was so bummed at first, man. I really was because, but it's because I have these stupid prejudices against yeah against punk and against you know, I guess music. I think that you like that I won't. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like I am now a I'm now a better person and a better music fan. And after kind of digging into the lyrics a little bit more, I think that I'm going to actually kind of change what my plan was for this election. <laughs> I It's time to rate Propagandy. I'm going to give Propagandy eight seconds of summer. Whoa. Which... I thought the scale was five. Yeah, hold on, buddy. Converted to American, 3.9. <laughs> And and I think that's a three point nine that could uh, definitely eclipse four after I, like you know, delve into more supporting cast and, and more uh, into um, what was the ninety six album? Less talk, more rock. Yes, I, I think those are going to be <laughs> albums that I pursue. Those pretty much beginning to end. I less talk, more rock. I unfortunately tend to skip over the John K. Sampson songs. They're good. They're just not usually what I'm there for. The opening track to Today's Empires, Tomorrow's Ashes was another one that I almost put on here. I'm not going to attempt to say the name because it is in another language uh, and I don't want to butcher it. And also the opener to Failed States, which was another one I almost put on because the got a real cool, like long guitar intro and he says, fuck this in a really cool way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like like a Canadian way or just like an interesting like <laughs> choice. Okay, I didn't get to do enough of my uh, like offensive Canadian accent during this episode though, so it's kind of. Uh, well, after maybe I'll give you the next band and then you can react in a very Canadian way. Uh, don't put me on the spot though. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm I'm glad that you ended up liking Propaganda. I was. I was excited to to introduce you to them and talk about them. Uh, I was a little afraid that you were going to be like, "Yeah, this isn't for me." Yeah, this isn't for me for every song. Um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I kind of thought that's what it was going to happen. Like, I get it, mm-hmm. not for me. I thought that's maybe where we were headed, even after a couple listens through the playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like we opened with, you you can just teach our dumb brains to do anything. <laughs> like, that's yes, you can. That's what I'm learning. Well, that is great. Your next assignment, Dante. Winter is coming. We've talked about this a little bit already. <laughs> You're going to listen to Empire, Empire, I Was a Lonely Estate. Hold oh, I'm still writing that down. <laughs> okay, that is truly a band I know nothing about. I'm excited? I think you're going to like them. They're good for winter. They're good for the snow. He, he sings about snow sometimes okay. and coldness because they're from Michigan. So it's cold up there, too. It, yes. Yes, it is. And um, yeah, get ready to, to get emo. OK, great. All right. I guess that's it then, everybody who may or may not be listening still. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.
was pretty good too and Toy Page and all all the others they yeah okay okay <laughs> um self unentitled uh <laughs> what songs I don't know if I ever learned any songs on neighborhoods oh yeah what's that fucking crazy Tom song um all of them <laughs> What's, what's that song called? Wishing Well. Is that Neighborhoods? Oh. That song's I, so I fucking good, man. I don't know. One, two. Hey, can we just listen to that song? <laughs> no. Yeah, I put the guitar down. Um, just wanted to show off my punk chops. 